What's going on, sports family? It's your favorite two grown-ass men, Mike and Jamal, with Two Game Sports Talk. Good day to you, Mike. What's going on? Say good morning to the sports family. What's up, Jamal? What's up, sports family? Let's get to it. We got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Yes. Yep. Who we got next on the list? Let's talk about... uh... So, oh, yeah, let's talk about Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders. So we got Jackson State University. Um, Deion Sanders has made some waves over the last month with his recruiting prowess. So if you don't know, Deion Sanders was able to flip the top cornerback, maybe the top athlete of the whole class, um, from being a commitment to Florida State to committing to Jackson State. So this kid could have gone to any school he wanted to had offers from Georgia, Alabama, but was committed to Florida state for over a year. And he flipped to Jackson state. And then last week we had, uh, he was able to get a secure commitment from, I think the number four wide receiver, Kevin Coleman uh, out of St. Louis, Missouri to go to Jackson state. And again, this kid could have gone anywhere. We are now starting to see, and Jamal, we talked about it the year before when we had a basketball player commit to Howard, five-star. We're starting to see these players start committing to HBCUs. And a lot of discussion is this ability to be able to profit off your name, image, and likeness is now level in the playing field. And now players are choosing to go where they'll get the experience they want from as a student but also be able to make a profit off their likeness. And, and we all know these guys are good enough. They will be, they will go to the league if they're good enough. So what are your thoughts on it, Jamal? Man, I, I'm a proud, like, <laughs> like a proud dad to see his son finally make it. <laughs> you know, I think it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's telling, um, you know, on so many different levels because, now that you know, you know, it, it's it's one of those situations where you see one guy do it, and then the rest will follow. And I think now we're in a day and age of like you said it. You set the stage where now you know it's an even playing field because now I can't. I have the opportunity to get paid from my likeness. Um, I'm not. I don't have to be penalized from those NCAA rules anymore. Where now I can. I, I'm comfortable. I can take care of myself. The question for me is this, though, and it's sad. It's sad. Will the HBCUs be able to get the conditions uh, up to par where they can't? Let's let's be honest. They can't compete with these major universities that have these stellar programs and this and that and the other. So I think what they're going to have to do is make sure that that money um, investors, they're going to have to really make more pitches equally for investments to build up the program as they would to bring in these uh, five-star recruits. Now it's going to, I think it, you know, it'll be pretty interesting. We got to watch this over the next few years. If that the trend will still uh, occur where these top athletes go to HBCUs, um, will they be able to sustain again, the program getting the, getting it up to par because yeah, you know, a couple a year, last year and, and, and previously we heard about the conditions at Howard and then other universities, other student athletes were speaking up to as well. And not to not 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 to crap on their universities, but to really kind of shed a light on 
the inequalities of, you know, the programs. But like you said, these guys are good enough. It doesn't matter if they're playing in the rec league. If a scout came along and saw their talent, it was like, yeah, this is this is NFL talent. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm praying for the best because I really like to see that because, you, you know, it's it's not like it's it's new information. It's not like it's a new scene, but it's been so um, neglected for decades now. We know that some of the best talent has come from HBCUs. You know, our very own Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State, the GOAT, the greatest of all time at wide receiver came from an HBCU. So it's not unheard of, but it's just been neglected for so long. Yeah. And and honestly, I think this is this is how it starts, right? I think when you get these type of athletes to play on these teams, now you get uh you get more that they start showing those those games on TV more, right? Because they're gonna show where the talent is. And when you start showing those t- those games more, your your viewership goes up, which means advertising dollars and all that stuff. And so um ultimately it, this is the, the the pipeline that starts feeding the schools you know finances so you know i i agree i think it's going to take some time but i if this trend continues and that pipeline gets going and now you have the dollars to you know create the same type of facilities and things like that as the other d1 schools it, I mean, this this thing could get really interesting because even, you know, you think back earlier in our episodes when we first started, you know, we talked about creating your own professional leagues. Well, you can kind of create your own professional leagues if, if you start creating certain pipelines or whatnot or, what, or where the talent is coming from. So um, this thing is get, it's getting really interesting. And you're now starting to see this this kind of thought of doing it because there's also this old school thought that's fighting it right and if you if, you know i remember kurt herbstreet who you know has been doing this as long as i i can remember you know he's dogging players for sitting out you know the bowl games and and saying kids don't you know love the game like they used to and i think i think that's kind of a bad look for for him and a bad look for kind of the the establishment of ESPN or the and, and the uh, NCAA's kind of thought on these whole bowl games because you know these kids put the, their bodies on the line you know and and it's it's a uh, it was it's, these guys are all about getting paid earlier now they're not waiting until they get out of college they want the money now or they're gonna you know save their bodies until they can't get the money yeah yeah I I think there's um there's always a, a a break between, you know, um, yesteryear and what's going on currently. Um, players, you know, players are now in the opportunity um, collegi- at a collegiate level where they can make decisions that are going to impact their future. Now, we all know the like how deadly football is. And we we hear about the aftermath of these guys injuries and how, you know, um, the leagues have treat them when it's time to get the the treatment they need, they get the healthcare that they need that, you know, they're kind of, you know, yesterday's trash. And it's sad. I don't blame these players. And I agree with you. I think, you know, I, I think that mentality of these guys don't love the game. They don't do, they're not committed. Well, these guys have a different opportunity, more opportunity than you had. 
Now, and I think about it, if the playing field was even back then, what would you do? Are you going to, if somebody offers you an amount of money, Mike, that you know that you're not, you wouldn't ever get before, or you know you're not necessarily qualified to get, would you turn it down? Would you turn down a million dollar offer that somebody's giving you? I don't think, I, nobody would. So I think these um, older uh, veteran players, you know, from yesterday year, just take a step back and understand the opportunities, guys, and, and be happy for them. I think there's a kind of some, I think there's a, a little a little hint of jealousy in there. But I, I think these uh, student athletes are, they're educated on what's going on right now. Like, I guarantee you, if you mention the metaverse to any of these uh, older guys, they're like, meta who? They instantly think Spider-Man. And but what we these these student athletes notice what we say. We say student athlete. That means they're studying. They they're not only studying about their craft, but they have to be well rounded. And and I, I I applaud them. Had you know hats off to them. And I wish them the best. But I, I think this 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 trend of you know going to the underdog. I think that's like a, such a great story because these these uh, HBCUs, they need they need it. They need it because when we think about like stuff like what Dion said, and, I, and I'm so glad he said it, you you cannot hold his tongue. Dion said, so it's all good. And he was responding to, to the criticism and the hate that was directed at Dion. He was like, it's all good when I'm recruiting for Florida State. Giving, he was like, hey, I'm proud of my uh, my university. It's all good, man. But when I'm getting the resources, the money, the players from my from my team, oh, it's oh, it's a problem. And, and I like that he said. So why is it a problem? It, it wasn't a problem when I was doing it for you. And and I, what I like about that is that now, what that that it really puts a spotlight on. The, the inequalities of, you know, the world and not just sports, but I love it, man. I, you know, and not, I, you don't have to been a, a you know, um, a graduate of this particular university to root for them. Um, you know, and, and now I think, you know, we're, we're in this day and age where, you know, a lot of, a lot of us don't know who these HBCUs are, but to your point, Mike, they're going to get that, they're going to get that TV time. And we're like, wow. This guy's really good. Just think about it. Like yeah. players didn't go to HBCUs. We wouldn't have never had uh, Doug Williams. We wouldn't have never heard about, you know, Jerry Rice necessarily. But I love the fact that like these things are happening now. Yeah. Hey, great points. And even even to go back on, you know, your point when you're talking about the love for the game and, and players sitting out the bowl games there. It's to me, it's about the messaging because there was not the same energy when there were coaches that skipped their team's bowl game to go ahead and get started on their new job, right? So Kelly from, from Notre Dame, Ooh, yeah, he left before their, their playoff game. <laughs> you know what I mean? He left, right, you know, and, and he's going to go to LSU, which, I mean, I get it, but no one had that energy for him. You know, you got, you've got uh, even a Florida State's head coach, he left Memphis before their their uh, conference game. I think it was their conference game or their bowl game, one, one of those, and came to Florida State so that he could get started. And so when you have players, you know, saying, you know what, I'm going to sit out, you know, this bowl game 
and go ahead and get started on my next career, you know, training for the NFL draft and everything. Why, why are we not having the same energy and messaging on when these two stories are being told? That's a great point, Mike. That's an absolute home run. I'm glad you called that out. You know what? Like, they're going to start building a rule, I think. You know, it's kind of almost like it with your employer. They uh, they request that you give them a two-week notice. It's not a requirement. <laughs> you know? So, you know, it, 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 yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they keep the same level of energy when it's the, the head coaches as you would the players. So. It is what it is. Yes, sir. All right, man. So what else? Uh, you, you, you know what? I think before let's take a pause before we go to this next one, because I think this uh, this hits back home for us. 